Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. It is July 18th. The trailer for the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot has dropped, and we're not going to talk about it because it's way too offensive of language for us to be able to start talking about it. <laughs> but we're both kind of excited for it. Well, but probably more than kind of. Uh, Very? Because, it, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it brings us back to our younger days, uh, and as we were discussing, makes us realize that we and they have all gotten old. But uh, it'll still be fun. I'm excited to see what they do with it. One thing that we can talk about, though, is football. And it's July 18th, but we are quickly approaching the start of fall camp for ASU and training camp for the NFL, and then... It's Katie Bar the door because we go into our normal podcast routine that we have. That's right. From fall That's right. through yes. spring. That's we have uh, we have navigated our way through the through the desert wasteland that is uh, you know April, May, June, and most of July when college basketball ends and we're ways away from football. We've had a few different topics and we've talked a lot of NBA with all that going on. Um, but here we are. Football is at our doorstep. The Broncos have opened training camp. They're the first team to do so. Falcons, I believe, are next because they're the other team in the Hall of Fame game. And and college football media days are ongoing, you know, across the country. So here we are. It's it's here, and, and ASU is uh, is like you said, just about to open up preseason practice in less than two weeks. So the. The fact that ASU is about to open has led to an uptick in coverage from AZ Central and The Athletic. Um, A lot of it has focused on the quarterbacks. So what we've decided we're going to do is talk about the uh, issues and things we are excited about, interested in seeing, um, you know, the annual uh, Ty Wiley watch is on. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, this is uh, this is the time where you know where uh, nothing has happened yet to uh, discourage us in any way, uh, and I suppose that's the case pretty much around the country. Every every fan base right now is thinking, "Hey, this could be our year." Uh, you know, could be a year of magic because, well, I mean, even if you're expected to be bad, who knows? Maybe you'll you know you could have a great year or if you uh, you know. I, I guess that's one of the things, you know, that, that uh, I'm not quite sure where expectations will fall for this team. Uh, Pac-12 media day, I think, is maybe next week. It's got to be coming up here. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where they fall in the, in the poll. Um, I, you know, to me, I, I don't know that I have a, a firm grasp on where I expect this team to be just yet. Um, you know, I, I don't expect to be bad. I would be disappointed if we were. I also don't expect to be, you know, in the top five of the country. But uh, <clears throat> between there, I'm not quite sure where I'm coming down just yet. Well, I think we'll be in the top five of the Pac-12 South. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, it would be nice to be in the top five of the Pac-12 overall. Although the North, uh, you know, appears to be better, I think, you know, going into the season, you'd expect that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think... I, the South feels very much like it did last year, and, and it proved to be that way, that it's fairly wide open. There's not a, a team that uh, looks that imposing. There's also not a team that looks to be terrible. And and so you look at it and think that uh, you, you could probably finish anywhere between one and six. You could take all six and throw them up in the air and 
and however they come down might be the finish or could be totally off. So I think we should start with the biggest question that everyone's asking, which is the quarterback battle. Sure. If you, if you read the tea leaves the way I do from Doug Haller's coverage, um, Jaden Daniels should be the starter. Um, I'm, I'm gathering that as well. Yeah. He's made several mentions of, you know, well, at the end of spring, it looked like Dylan Sterling Cole may have been the guy, but you know, the door was ajar and many people seem to believe that that door will be kicked in by Jaden Daniels over the next few weeks. Uh, We'll see. You know, I mean, it, that's the that's the interesting part about what happens with preseason practices is we we don't see them, but you start getting vibes from them pretty quickly, and we'll see if it goes along the path they expect, or does it? You know, is there a curveball coming our way? One thing that has changed, I, I think, sort of across the board in college football, has been a willingness to play freshmen. And a tie goes to the younger player as opposed to the older player. It used to be if, if if the junior quarterback and the freshman quarterback were the same, you would either play both or you play the older guy because he's been there and he's been in the system and he's a loyal guy. But with right. college football free agency, um, with the you know consistently amped up pressure to win. Yeah, it seems like coaches are more willing to say, "Hey, thanks. I'm really glad that you were here. Um, sorry, but we're going yeah. with the younger guy." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, it starts obviously at the top of the sport. Um, you know, the last what three years has has seen a true freshman starter in the national championship game. That was Jalen Hurts two years ago, who was you know then usurped by Tua the next year and he, you know, faced off with Jake Fromm. They were both true freshmen in the, you know, second half of that game when they were playing. And last year it was Lawrence, you know, for Clemson. Well, and who that, was a perfect example of, of, you know, beat out a guy who, who had taken him to the playoff the year before. Yeah, who had been the starter for the first four weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's a great example of what you're saying, that it was, you know, hey, uh, the younger guy gives us a higher ceiling and we're going to go with him. Now we're talking about, you know, top level quarterbacks. Um, Hertz was not a uh, household name as a recruit, but certainly Tua and Lawrence and Fromm were, you know, five star guys. Um, but, but you're seeing in other places too. I mean, it's not just those, those guys that are starting as true freshmen. I mean, uh, Minnesota started, you know, a, a true freshman walk on, last year and ended up having a a decent season you know i mean they didn't win the big 10 or anything but you know they they had an okay year well purdy Um, at iowa state right yeah true freshman who was a late you know bloomer as far as a recruit goes uh that's a great example too so yeah i mean you're you're right it's it's uh teams aren't scared off by it i think it's uh there's a probably a number of reasons that have been thrown out there and uh, you know probably starts with just the you know, high school offenses are, are more advanced now than they used to be. Um, you know, used to be you went to a high school football game and most of the time you handed the ball off and you ran it up the middle uh, and, and you didn't do a whole lot of, you know, passing schemes. And now, you know, it's it, the way the sport has grown, some of these spread elements have come from high schools and they've made their way to college and they're now making their way to the NFL. It's kind of 
it's gone the opposite direction of what you'd expect, that the innovation starts at the highest level. That's not been the way it is lately, and that's probably playing a role into these guys being more ready than they were maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so the battle, we should say, is not just Jaden Daniels and Dylan Sterling Cole, but, you know, Joey Yellen and Ethan Long, who were the first two to commit, and both stayed, yeah. both enrolled early, along with Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, was weird when we got all three, and it remains weird that we have three true freshmen. But yeah, they're all still in the fold, and and we should, you know, as Howler pointed out in one of his stories this week, you know, we remember the past, and it's not that long ago that things can change when you get to fall practice. And yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be totally shocking if one of those guys emerged. We've seen this kind of thing happen before. Yeah. It's definitely, though, surprising to me that not not only were we able to keep all three of these guys and DSC, and obviously you got four games worth of time now before. Sure. Any, I, you know, I don't expect to see them transfer ahead of the season now because you can't win the job somewhere else. But, True. you know, you transfer at game four, you don't have to sit out a year. Right. Um. But we also have a 2020 committed quarterback already as well. And it's, yeah, you know, it's just interesting because, you know, it's the marquee position and you have to, have to, have to be prepared for the next guy and always have the best option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it feels like now in college, you know, for any team and, and you know, just from ASU's perspective, but, but really anywhere – the idea is to you know flood the position each year with as many guys as you can, because you know we've seen at other places the team goes from oh boy we've got you know uh, George is a great example uh, you know a couple years ago they had Jacob Easton then they got Jake Fromm and, and then you know wow look at their you know unbelievable riches and then they oh they got this commit from Justin Fields and three years in a row they have an elite quarterback recruit well only one of those guys is still in the roster and you know. They should be really good, but they're a Jake Fromm injury away from either starting a true freshman who's been hurt for most of spring or a former walk-on. So, I mean, they, you know, the picture changes quickly, and we could be an example of that. Yeah, we got four scholarship guys now. Wouldn't be a total shock if by the end of the year, if not by some point during the year, we were down to two. Uh, so, you, you know, you just you got to be prepared. So... We've talked now about the quarterbacks. What what position group do you have the most interest in seeing? Now, obviously, we haven't seen a release depth chart or anything like that right. yet. Right, right. Um, yeah. But for me, it's the post-Nikhil Harry era receiving mm-hmm. play. And it kind yeah. of goes hand-in-hand hand with the quarterback play and the line play and Eno Benjamin. But for a position group, you know, is Brandon Ayuk ready to step up again? Or will we see the yeah, return? The number one. Yeah. yeah. Will we see the return of Kyle Williams, you know, in his senior year? From 2017. Yeah. yeah. Who, I mean, yeah. look, he still does everything. He's going to be on the field a lot. Sure. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. What, if anything, is John Humphrey going to bring to the table? Oh, uh, you know? gosh, yeah. It's a name I hadn't even thought of too much, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Humphrey and Ryan Newsom are still on this roster. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Got, two years ago, we 
we spent a lot of time talking about them, and, and obviously Humphrey missed all of last year with the what was it? It was an Achilles injury. Yeah. When he got yeah, so that's a tough injury to come back from. You know, as we've talked about with basketball lately, and, and it's you know it's not any easier in football. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's it. That's a definitely a one that I think. And you're right; it goes hand in hand with the quarterback because you know your receivers are only as good as your quarterback, and vice versa a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I mean we we nice group last year, obviously led by the dominant number one, Nikhil Harry, uh, and he's at the NFL now, and you know good for him. He was a first round pick, uh, so it'll be interesting to see now. Like, is it a can can we be a group that maybe doesn't have the dominant number one? I mean, I. You know, Ayuk has gotten a lot of fanfare, and hopefully he can continue to progress. But I don't think he's going to be as good as Nikhil Harry. No. Um, well, and I think and, yeah. this is the this is the situation where you hear about when they, you know, different, you know, former coaches and you know, podcast pundit speak. <laughs> do do they have the basketball team set up? You know, instead of having the dominant guy, do they have the team? They've got Kyle Williams who does the dirty work. They've got Frank Darby, he goes deep. They've got Curtis Hodges who should be big enough to be a possession receiver. Yeah. You know, and then you've got Brandon Ayuk who's supposedly the one who can blow the lid off, but also, you know, get you the big catch. And then, you know, like we just talked about, what are you going to get with? Yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, you know, it reminds me a bit of I can't the years run together, but whatever year it was after Jalen Strong left. It was Jalen Strong's last year 2013 or 14. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was 14. 14. I think so, the jail yeah. was 2014. It was. You're right. Yeah, yeah. When Burko was, was filling in for Kelly and then he he left and I, and I, you know, I I remember very well thinking like, well, okay, we're, we're going to be okay. You know, we've got a lot of, you know, complimentary pieces and everything will fall into place even though we don't have the dominant number one. Well, we, we really weren't. Uh, the passing game in 2015 never really got on track till the end of the year. Our offense was better. Our defense fell apart in the second half of that year. But I was I was disappointed by that. And, and in part, we really missed having that dominant receiver. So I, I hope this group is more equipped to replace that guy. Obviously, you know, it's tough. I mean, you don't you don't lose a first round pick unless you're Alabama or Clemson. Uh, you know, and and feel like, well, we're just as good. You know, that's just doesn't happen. Um, but hopefully, we can be still pretty good in that area and good enough, you know, as a passing threat to run the ball well. Because you know, we, we made a big emphasis on that last year when we had Nikhil Harry and a returning starting quarterback. We wanted to run the ball, be a be a, you know, identify ourselves as a run first team, and we we're pretty successful at it. Um, but it, you know, teams are going to be prepared for that now. They've had they've had an off season to study us and and know what you know what we like to do in blocking schemes and what you know Benjamin likes to do. And they're not just going to come out and say, oh yeah, you know Benjamin's great, run for 150 yards a game on us. They're going to try to take him away. So the the passing game has to be good enough to make teams pay for that, so they can't take him away. Yeah, and I expect good things for Eno this year. Um, but, okay, he's a bell cow. We learned that. And we, I think we learned after week three last season that 
Herm wants this. This is the yeah. this is the style of offense. He wants to yeah. ground and pound and and run to open up the pass, not vice versa. Right. Um I'm not sure he has a quarterback for that style yet, but we'll yeah. see. Um yeah. I just am worried, you know, the O line lost two starters. Mm-hmm. The wide receiving core lost a first-team all-conference player. We lost our quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know Eno uh, kind of came out of nowhere, but are we asking too much of him? He won't this year. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I have I have trepidation on that as well. I mean, the the just uh, I've read some things, and you know, and I you know I obviously really like Doug Haller and what he does, but I've read a few times he's just sort of kind of like almost. Uh, Stated it as accepted fact that Eno's going to have a great year. Like I, I hope so, but we've seen this before. I mean, let's let's stay in our own conference. Um, Bryce Love, you know, in 2017 was unstoppable. He ran for you know 100, 200 yards a game. Uh, oh, there was nothing going to slow him down. They had a powerful offensive line, and last year he wasn't very good, and they weren't very good running the ball, and he got hurt. And you know that didn't help. But even when he was healthy. It was not even close to the same, and and so I I have a little bit of fear that you know again teams are going to take that away. They're they're not going to play us the same way that they played us last year when they had to worry about Nikhil Harry, and and the the attack on us early on especially is going to be unproven quarterback, receiving core that doesn't appear to be all that dangerous. Let's make that beat us and take away what they do well, which is run the ball, and so it's. You know, that doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's going to be tougher than it was last year. Well, the, it's going to have to be a lot more on the O-line. Um, yeah. The, but yeah. behind Eno, you've got Isaiah Floyd, Paul Lucas, the Oregon State transfer, mm-hmm. um, and A.J. Carter, who's a freshman from a redshirt freshman yeah. from Louisiana. It, not necessarily a who's who of guys who've you no. know, shown you no. things up till I mean, now. That's, and that's the, that's the other concern. You know, as you're saying that, you need Eno Benjamin to stay healthy. He did last year, uh, you know, but that doesn't mean he's guaranteed to stay healthy this year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting. And I think as we're talking about all this, and, and every year kind of has its own identity. We've had years where it's like, well, you know, the defense just needs to be okay because the offense should be able to carry us. We've had years where it's the opposite. I think this is a year where we're going to need the defense to be pretty good. Um, I, I'm not saying they got to be, you know, the best defense in the country, but they made a lot of positive strides last year. Played a lot of young guys that will be back this year. Um, a lot of returning guys, you know, especially in the back seven. Not so much on the D line, but the linebackers and secondary. That needs to be a strength of this team, especially with a with the brand new quarterback. Whoever it is, it's a brand new quarterback. Even if it's Dylan Sterling Cole, he has one career start. Uh, you know, so. We're going to need that to carry us a little bit more than maybe we have in the past. So on the defensive side, the the key cog is uh, the Pac-12 freshman of the year, defensive freshman of the year, um, also a freshman All-American, uh-huh. and now the Bednarik watch list Merlin Robertson. Um, I, I'm the only one, I guess, who's still wondering why he missed – uh, the bowl, and we just don't talk about that he didn't practice and, and that he's and a good been chunk of spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I, you're not the only one. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it, we've talked about it a couple months ago, and I, I think I, you know one of us said, or we we both kind of said, like one of those stories that doesn't feel like much right now, and you just kind of hold your breath that it stays that way. And yeah, look, if, you know, if week one he change. comes out and he's playing, you know, taking the yeah. first step, you got number eight sitting in the middle of the defense. Right. All right. If you got yeah. him and Darian Butler, you know, playing linebacker, I'm feeling good. You know, sure, whether it's sure. uh, Soeli or whoever the third linebacker is going to be. Yeah, Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, the, what was it, Stanley Lambert, the kid who was a redshirt last year, got hurt yeah. at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, that should be a, a position of strength. Hey, and and I mean, should be too. It, it could be Tyler Wiley. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it'd be, I mean, it'd be quite a story if he was able to finally contribute. You know, uh, probably not going to be a, an All-American, but if he could just be a starter who plays every game and helps, I mean, it, it would be a heck of a story of perseverance. If he could stay uh, healthy know. the whole year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just find a way to contribute. He's been through position changes and and coaching changes, and you know, preseason promise that has always, for one reason or another, kind of not worked out the way it was supposed to. So, yeah. I mean, I I think in the in the back, you know, the back two thirds should be pretty good. The D line is a little bit uncertain. Um, we lost, you know, two guys from last year's starting group, and then we lost some depth that you know transferred out. So it'll be interesting to see. They they seem yeah. fairly confident with their starting three. Well, and I mean, you've got beyond that. You've got uh, Tyler Johnson. You've got uh, Lole. Who's yeah, Lole who, coming back? It was a surprise last year. Yeah, but who wound up, you know, basically being a key reason for why you saw those transfers? Yeah, because yeah. he yeah. he appeared to have won that job. Yeah. Yeah, um, you was, know, and Shannon, you got Shannon Foreman Sh- coming back. DJ Davidson, hopefully, is healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Davidson was a guy they liked, and then got hurt against USC. You know, as he was kind of first coming on the scene. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's some interesting names there. It's mostly unproven, um, and and so that's going to be, you know, potentially a, a tricky spot for us, but. I really think, yeah, it needs to be a team that plays good defense. Um, You know, I love what Danny Gonzalez did last year. Every time I read a story about him, you know, I become a bigger and bigger fan of his. Um, And and so if he's, you know, if he's as good as he looked last year and can get the most out of this group, I think that, you know, we can survive an offense that maybe isn't great, but hopefully gets better as the season rolls along. Yeah. Well, and just real quick, because I'm scrolling through the roster and it made me realize something else about the offensive line that that I meant to touch on and forgot, quite honestly. Zach Robertson, senior. Alex Osoya, senior. Yeah. Uh, Roy Hemsley, senior. Uh, Cole Cabral, senior. Cabral, yeah. You know, yeah. Stephen Miller, senior. Um, and then your I'm backups, serious. Cade Cote, senior. You know? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you, if it's not put together, it's not going to get put together. This no, is it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, this is this is the time to take advantage of that. I mean, it's you know, granted, uh, it's not like these seniors are you know all going to be first round draft picks or something like that. But nonetheless, you have a lot of guys who played, who started, who played together. Every one um, of those guys has now been in the system for at least a full season, if not four yeah. or five. 
Right, right, you know, and, and played alongside each other. So it should be a strength, and, and it'll need to be. I mean, you know, I, I think that it's, it's an obvious thing to say. We started with quarterback, and, and, you know, I'm going back to it, circling back now. I mean, if, if whoever wins the quarterback job is pretty good, then I think that, you know, the, the expectations for this team go up to the point where you think, okay, can they win the South? I mean, you know, let's say it's Jaden Daniels and he plays up to the billing of, you know, five-star true freshman. He doesn't, you know, look rattled. He, you know, he gives us a running threat. He's competent as a passer, doesn't make mistakes. Then you look around and think, okay, now you got this really good running back. You got an experienced offensive line. You got a defense that, you know, has a lot of experience back too. You got good specialists. You know, why not? But if the quarterback doesn't, come together like we hope and it you know everything else becomes a little bit more shaky when you've got three games Kent I mean and we'll get into our real preview later but but just looking at it you got three games including a road test against a good Michigan State team um, before conference play and then you get Colorado at home yeah if you're gonna go with Daniels you got to go with him right away I think I think so I mean the, the schedule plays out fairly well for, you know, a, a, about as well as you could realistically have it hope to start, you know, with breaking in a new quarterback, especially if it's true freshman. You start with two home games, uh, you know, Kent State, a MAC team, and was it Sacramento State, yeah. you know, an FCS team. So, And you, you know, get eight got, days off between those games. Right, right. So you, you have a bit of a soft open to kind of work out the kinks. I mean, you know, you look, you only play 12 games. You're not going to get, you know, six or seven games to work out the kinks. Two is pretty good. You got two home games against teams you should beat, uh, you know, without a whole lot of just talent alone. Talent yeah. alone, you should beat you know, teams. And, and then you go, yeah, then you go on the road, and that's, that's going to be a huge step up. Um, but, yeah, then the conference season starts with Colorado. A good team. You know, they beat us last year. But, it's not like they're, you know, a juggernaut. They fired their coach, uh, you know, and they didn't make a bowl game. So it's, you know, you're not starting out with, uh, you know, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, and USC or something like that. So it's not a bad way to start. And then I think your first road game is Cal, your first conference road game is Cal on yeah. Friday night, I think. Yeah. Which is not a terrible assignment either. I mean, you know, good team, but, you know, not that tough of a place well, to play. Well, it's not Stanford or Oregon. Right. Right. You're not, yeah. So, I mean, for that first five games, you know, and I mean, even Michigan State probably will be a borderline top twenty-five team. But you know, you're not. It's not a. You're not going to Michigan. You're not going to Alabama. You know, so it's not bad. It's not a bad way to start out. I mean, again, there's there's challenges in there. I'm not saying I expect us to go five and zero without breaking a sweat. But that's really not a bad way to start the season. And then obviously it gets tougher. You know, you you have those. Uh, those difficult games later on. Um, but you do have a November stretch where you get three out of four at home uh, to finish the year. And the road games are Oregon State. Right, which is, you know, obviously not a very good team. We've, you know, we've beaten them recently, although a road game in Corvallis in November brings up bad memories, as it, as it always will for the rest of our lives, probably. Uh, but it's not a real brutal schedule. I, you know, I don't want to say it's an easy schedule because it's not. But overall, you look at it. I mean, we we miss Washington, who's the you know projected 
preseason favorite in the in the north, I would think, or maybe Oregon. But we get Oregon at home. Uh, we miss Stanford. So overall, we miss Stanford too. You know, so not bad. And we get Washington State at home. Mm-hmm. So you look at those top four in the north. Presumably the top four. We don't play two of them. The other two we play at home. Not bad. And we, and we, and we get, get SC you know, we at get home. The extra home. We get SC at home. We get the extra home game, obviously, with Arizona. You know, I mean, it's always, uh, you know, four and five, but we got Arizona at home. So, not bad. I mean, seven home games. Um, and, you know, the road trips are what? Oregon State, Cal, Utah, UCLA, Utah. Utah. That's, those aren't bad. I mean, Utah's a tough road game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tough place to play. But going to UCLA, not really. I mean, you know, we've had some bad performances there, but it's not. It's not going into Austin or something like that. No, it's a Oregon big State. empty stadium. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be empty if we ever played there in January again. But going there in you know October, November, usually not too difficult to play there. Um, and you know, Oregon State. Yes, that's been a house of horrors for us at times, but it's not a very good team. They struggled mightily last year. Don't figure to be that much better this year. Cal again, you know, not a real tough place to play. So it's not bad. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, boy, we're going to go 11 and one. But yet, there's not a lot of games that I'm like, wow, well, we got no chance to win that. I don't think there's very many on the schedule. I'd say that about right now, at least. The thing about road games, to bring it back to the roster. It, yeah. especially the way Herm has, you know, the tendencies he's shown in one season are he wants to play it close and trust his kicker. Sure. Last year, Brandon Reese had went 18 for 22 uh, on field goal attempts. He had a uh, 61.2 touchback percentage. There is a chance that he will improve again, yeah. but he has 50 to 55 yard range. Sure. Um, you know, I know that in his freshman year, he got trotted out for some ridiculously what, long kicks. or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, Colorado, right? Yeah. But he has, yeah. he has 50 plus range. He's now a junior. Do you feel more or less or the same about the Herm strategy going into this year with a young quarterback of, well, let's put it on our defense, play it tight and try to win with special teams. Yeah. I I think probably that is what you'll see if things go according to plan. Uh, You know, I think if you, you know, if you got an honest answer from Herman, he tends to give a lot of those to the media more than most coaches. He'd probably say he, he would not be upset with a, with a steady diet of, you know, 20 to 14 type of games. Um, you know, and, and trust that defense and trust the kicker to, to come through. I mean, that's another element, you know, in saying that if the quarterback comes to, you just you look around this roster and, I mean, it's it sounds like one of those, like, stupid analysis things, but I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, if the quarterback and, and you know, losing Nikhil Harry don't prove to be killers, the rest of the roster comes together pretty well. Yeah, you, you know, you feel pretty good about the other spots defensively, special teams, uh, you know, running back, offensive line, and so if having a brand new quarterback and and losing a first round pick wide receiver are not death knells, and they might be, but if they're not, you know, it's like, well, why can't this team win, you know, nine games and maybe win the South? I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility right now. Well, and one of the things that Danny Gonzalez's three three five 
kind of showed us last year. And, and quite honestly, we are the beneficiaries now of decisions made in the 2018 season to just play true freshman yeah. linebackers. But uh-huh. they, they put such an emphasis on the back eight, effectively, um, yeah. that the fact that that's a strength to me seems like, yeah, it should be. You know, yeah, that's if that's where we're putting our focus and we're young and we've got this season and next with, you know, other than probably at corner. I think corner is going to have a big changeover next season. Kobe, Kobe Williams is a senior and Lucas is a junior. Yeah. yeah, So, I mean, there's a chance he would he would go depending on what kind of year he has. Um, So, yeah, that's that's true. That'll be a a tough one to, to replace. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not it's not a situation where you look at this defense and say, well, it's one year, and then, boy, we're going to have a ton of holes next year. Not necessarily. You know, it, it should be good this year, and, and you've got a nice core, and if you continue to recruit well, which, of course, has been a point of emphasis, and so far, so good, you know, maybe you keep that going where you don't ever have, you know, theoretically, you don't ever have that situation of, well, boy, the defense is really going to stink this year because you lost so much from the year before. That's that's got to be the goal with the, with the recruiting emphasis, but that you don't have those lulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as long as Antonio Pierce is there, I feel good about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. as far as the secondary goes, I, I think you're looking at, a, after this year, you know, Jordan Clark, son of NFL player Ryan, Ryan Clark, uh, freshman coming in Willie Hart's freshman coming in Evan Fields will be a senior next year I don't think they're barring something crazy good happening this season I don't think there's a chance he leaves early um should not be yeah I mean if he has that great of a year that crates yeah yeah I I wouldn't think so uh you got the local kid KJ Jarrell from Saguaro who will be a junior next season he's a sophomore this year you've got the Markham twins coming in from Long Beach Poly are both supposed to be pretty good yeah yeah it it feels okay right yeah. like yeah. like we should be I mean, okay and, you know and you've got i mean crosswell's back who's soft true sophomore so you, you know he but you'd expect i don't think it's too too outlandish to say that crosswell butler and robertson all look like you know all conference players potentially this year and and, and in the future and you got all three of them that played a lot last year and could get better. So that, yeah, I mean, there's there's foundational pieces on that defense for not just 2019, but 2020 as well. And, you know, again, that's that's about as far out as you can project in college football yeah. nowadays. But, I mean, you've yeah, got... You cro- you well, got that's what our roster will be in 22. Who knows? But. you got Crosswell and Cam Phillips, who played a couple games last right. season as a true Cam freshman, Phillips. and now he's yeah, a redshirt yeah. freshman. Yeah, yeah, but got some, got some reps last year uh, late in the season, so... Yeah, I mean, I, um, I I I like the makeup of this team, and you know, we've talked about this. That just the feeling around the program is so much different than it was last year. At this time, where it was, it was just like you kind of, as a fan, you were almost holding your breath. Like, is this going to be as disastrous as some people seem to think? Are we headed for you know just like being the object of everyone's folly? Um, and it was not at all. We, you know, we were very solid team that what went seven and five and in all five of those losses were in the game to the end now that doesn't make you feel any better about losing but it's better than losing by 40 points and feeling like you had no chance and that was a hallmark unfortunately of Todd Graham's teams was we'd have one or two games every year 
that we just got blown out, that we had zero chance to win. We didn't have any games like that last year. So, you know, that gives you some confidence too. Yeah. It's definitely a weird, different sort of feeling this year because it's not the unknown in terms of the coaching staff. It's the... It's the fan optimism I feel creeping in of, well, you know, if if this broke right and that broke right and the rest of the conference does this, like right. maybe we're playing, you know, the Eason-led Washington Huskies. Uh, yeah, maybe. In the maybe, Pac-12 title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's within the realm of possibility, you know. And, and, and again, I, I mean, we started out the conversation and I said, you know, I think the South is very much like last year where it felt like anybody could could win it and up until the end it was still that way utah finally emerged at the end uh, and i think utah's probably the gonna be the preseason picked uh, you know and, and deserves to be but i don't look at utah and think wow they're they're head and shoulders better than everybody else now i mean they're, they're a good program they could easily win the south wouldn't stun me but i don't think they just can roll out the ball and say well we're better than everybody just by being utah yeah this is not your early 2000s Trojans. It's not. It's not. I mean, the South really hasn't had that since it started being the South. <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, that, it's, it's been, what, eight years of the um, divisions, and all six teams have won at least one division title. So that tells you right there. I mean, it, it has not been a uh, dominated division by anybody. UCLA won the first two, although the first one, was a technicality because USC was ineligible and would have run away with it had they been eligible. And then since then, it's been a revolving door. You know, ASU won one, U of A won one, Colorado won one, Utah won one, and USC won one, I think, you know, or USC won two in the last six years. So, you know, gosh, I mean, there is no dominant force in this division since they started having the divisions. Uh, There has been, though, a dominant force in Southern Arizona high school football. (laughs) <laughs> and that is the freight train that is the South Point Lancers uh, under Doc Benet. And when we were in high school, our senior year, we had three guys go Division One. Rocco went to so, Nevada. Tyler yeah. Gron- Rocco Benet went to Nevada. Tyler Gronke to Hawaii. John Caduce to Notre Dame. Caduce went to Notre Dame, yep, yep. This year, you've got a commitment – from Lathan Ransom to, I believe, comfortably the best program we've sent a kid to. Uh, maybe Chris O'Dowd yeah. to USC. USC, back then, yeah, at but, the time when O'Dowd went to USC, they were on that. I mean, that was Pete Carroll, and they were on that level. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ohio State is, is no joke in college football, and, and we've got one kid going there, maybe another one. Yeah, Bijan Robinson could join. Um, there's talk that the top four. High school seniors from Arizona may all wind up at Ohio State. Two have committed. I, I think Kelly Ringo still or Keely Ringo. I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. it. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and Robinson have not committed yet. Right. Is um, the other one the quarterback Miller? Yeah. Chaparral. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he was. He was uh, committed there. You know, last year when when Urban Meyer was the coach. But you know, I think he's sticking with it. Has given no sign that he's changing his mind. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ransom going to Ohio State is, is pretty cool. And Robinson says he's down to either Texas or Ohio State, which again, you know, those, those are 
those are blue bloods, man. I mean, they, you know, they don't they don't get a whole lot bigger than Texas, Ohio State. Uh, you know, those type of schools are are the powers in college football. So it's pretty cool to see our guys, you know, picking between those places. And uh, Bruno Fina is going to go D one for sure. Yeah. Um, and the Miller kid, right? Uh, Jonah Miller. Yeah, he's he's projected D one as well. A number, yeah. a number of kids on this team uh, are getting D two offers. I saw four got offered by a single school uh, just this really? week. Yeah. Um, so you know, right there, you got to think that if we're not in the open division, South Point's got a real chance to win their the you know, state title. title. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you would almost assuredly think Sawara will be in that open division, and and so I mean, obviously Sawara's been the roadblock the last two years. Uh, you know, got into the final uh, both years and, and lost to them. Uh, it, but yeah, I mean, I don't. The, the only way we have to go through Saguaro next year is if we're in the Open Division Eight, which would mean we also have to go through Centennial and Chandler, and that's going to be a real tough haul to get through. Um, so yeah, this is this is going to be kind of a weird year as a South Point fan with this new structure that you know, I almost you don't want to be in the top eight of the state. And the majority of those will be 6A teams, it seems like. So I think there's a reasonable shot that we will not get in that top eight. And, and therefore, yeah, a championship would be within reach if we're not. Yeah. If we are, it's an, <laughs> if we are, it's an uphill battle. Yeah, it's a tremendously uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, if we, it's, it's one of those where, you know, it's almost like, I guess, sort of, kind of, akin to, you know, would you rather be, in the NIT and feel like you can, you will win the NIT or your, uh, you know, 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. That's going to get, you know, waxed in the first round. That's kind of what it feels like. And again, I, it's odd to say, cause you feel like, well, yeah, I want to be the best in the state. The fact of the matter is we're not a big enough school to be the best in the state. Um, just not, you know, we're, it's, it's not even a fair fight putting us up against a Chandler high school, you know, that's that's why we don't play at the same level. And so, uh, you know, if we got in that, we'd probably be the seven or eight seed and we'd be a sacrificial lamb for whoever the one or two seed is. Yeah, and that's sort of a, a marked change for the Lancers uh, in philosophy since we went there when we were playing 5A and the school size was right. probably 3A. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you remember, I mean, how many times in those years we had pretty good teams but we ran into you know Chandler Hamilton or Mason Mountain View Basha. the names of the yeah you know the, the the powers have changed a bit to Chandler and Centennial but it's still the same problem the, the schools are just too big and have too I mean the team size the, the just the you know yeah our top level players I think are just as good as theirs so, you know talking about those guys were you know those recruits but we've got three or four of them and a place like, you know, Chandler has, you know, they may have three or four of the same top level, but they've got 15 guys who can play college football. We don't have that many. It's just, it's not a fair fight. But it is as, as we remark re- regularly, it is exciting to see Doc's teams doing oh, yeah. so well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Always is, you know, and, and it's been, uh, gosh, close to 20 years now. Uh, you since know, our since, first interview with him, yes, yes. Uh, you know, our sophomore year, which was what the two thousand one season, right? Yeah, because two thousand we were freshmen, so that you know, two thousand one season was his first year. 
2002 was the year they, they went undefeated and got upset in the round of eight, I believe, in that rainy game at home. Um, and then 03, they were pretty good again, although not quite as good. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going on. This is his, what, his 19th season 19. year? Yeah, yeah. So we're going on two decades, and just about every year they have been really good. There have been a couple. I know there was one year they went like six and four or something like that. But uh, And we had one uh, postseason ban. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really, really – Really good teams. One state title, obviously, to show for it, which was the, the first in school history in football. Um, but, you know, a couple other state title games recently. Uh, you know, he's he's done a heck of a job there. And you, you and I have discussed it. The the shift from you know shortly before we got there and our freshman year, really, where you know South Point football was kind of like, yeah, they were good, but nothing special. They didn't really contend for titles. Um, and, and you know, he's. He's changed that completely and, and made it the dominant sport in that school. I mean, we went from a school that would regularly compete but not necessarily even win the region to right. a bona fide state threat every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's flipped completely and, and did really while we were there. It flipped from, you know, basketball was the power. They were the, the sport that contended for state titles that produced – you know, Division One players that had the coach that a lot of people at school didn't like, but but he won a lot. Um, and in the four years we were there, that was kind of the turning point. Peabody ended up getting fired before our senior year. Benet took over our sophomore year, and by the you know from when we started to when we left, the power had shifted to football, and it seems like it stayed that way since we left. The uh, the little light whirring that the audio might have picked up is Archie's wearing a cone currently and he's walked up to the laptop to shake himself out. <laughs> I didn't hear And now he's pawing at the now cone. I hear him. Now he's pawing loudly at the cone because yep. he's yep. not happy that he has to wear the cone, which I kind of, you know, I accept. It's Sure. Look, the New York Times just ran a story. I think it came out today, the day we're recording, about how everyone has a podcast most people give up. The, the person who they featured, like, two struggling, like, freelance writers gave up after six episodes. We're on episode 211. We're rolling along, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we are, uh, we are we recording are for, we're recording for no one, but we're, we've but, done it 211 plus times yep, now. Yeah, yeah, we're recording for ourselves. Yeah. And by God, that's good enough. And we put out an entire concept podcast where it was just no audio for an hour because i accidentally deleted the file <laughs> our art piece yes i remember that yeah, yeah yeah our our protest piece yeah that was uh we had listened to pet sounds and sergeant pepper and right, that was what right. we came up with yeah yeah that was our statement on the ills of society like you know we are we are no showing we are boycotting this one yeah. uh but we won't be boycotting our football preview which is coming Soon. That's right. Like that is right. Next week, soon, as we discussed yep. before we st- hit record on this. So, yes, we did. You know, there's that to look forward to. During the season, we've got another road trip to a hard to yes, reach place. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it, at least. Yeah, it's uh, it's the number one team in the land the last decade. But boy, it's not that easy to get there and leave from. But uh, yes, we'll we'll be in Tuscaloosa at the end of October. Uh, to see the, the Crimson Tide, and yeah, lots of 
I mean, the, the next, you know, basically six to seven months are going to be dominated by football, in all honesty. Uh, we, we'll, we'll probably throw in some other things as they come up, but uh, it's here. You know, football has, has arrived, and it's just going to keep on rolling down the tracks till you know, mid-February after the Super Bowl. We'll be here the whole time. He's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.